The New Orleans Saints continue to load up their wide receiver room, but one guy you should absolutely not be sleeping on is Montana kick return specialist and wide receiver Malik Flowers. We get all that and a little bit of lanyard for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome in to another live episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much, as always, making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, you could subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast so you never miss a daily episode. And I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, your New Orleans Saints expert, credential member of the media, senior writer and reporter over at Saints News Network, Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation site, covering the New Orleans Saints. And of course, you can find me here on Locked On every single Tuesday with Locked On NFL, and of course, every single Monday through Friday, and then some on Locked On Saints. And our two-a-days continue to roll along here on Locked On. Earlier this morning, we broke down some of the standouts and notes you needed to know from minicamp. So if you missed that episode, make sure you go back and check it out tonight, though. We are live here on a Monday night talking to Malik. I was, I'm, I'm probably going to say Malik Neighbors a few times. I'm not going to lie. I screw up the name a lot. But Malik Flowers. We're going to get to that. We're going to be talking about James Washington's impact as well. The new sign, newly signed wide receiver. And what did the New Orleans Saints have cooking at their wide receiver spot? And of course, we'll take a look at what's next for the New Orleans Saints and particularly what position they should look at with three roster spots remaining and more on the way. And today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. You can make every moment more by visiting FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more today. Tell you more about them a little bit later. But first, I want to thank everybody that's here live and everybody that's checking the show out later. Appreciate you so much. I see Matt. I see Brittany. I see Iron Shop. I see Victor. I see James, Connor, Soul, Rainey, uh, Eric. I see all y'all. Thank you very much for being here. In the chat, make sure y'all hit the like button, all that good stuff. Y'all know how it goes. All right, so as we dive into today's episode, the the thing I want to open up with here is Malik Flowers, the New Orleans Saints undrafted free agent and kick return specialist out of Montana. Yes, Montana University. He's actually a California kid, went out to Montana to continue his uh, continue pursuing his football dream. He's a former quarterback turned wide receiver and not only return specialist, but an FCS record holder with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven them things. Seven kick return touchdowns, which ties him up for that all-time record in FCS play with none other than Weber State legend and New Orleans Saint wide receiver Rashid Shaheed. So these guys now both in the same locker room and could potentially end up benefiting one another. If a guy like Malik Flowers ends up making the roster, then all of a sudden he's in a situation where potentially he could take on the kick return specialist opportunities, and then it frees Rashid Shahid up to take a few less hits in the kick return game and the punt return game, things like that, and then allow him to be the electrifying person that he is with the ball in his hands as a wide receiver and as an offensive weapon, kind of lets him settle in a little bit more. But at the same time, you also can protect yourself if you're the New Orleans Saints. If Malik Flowers does not make your 53-man roster, there's a good chance you can stash him away on your practice squad 
which means you have a kick returner ready for you in case you deal with injury, much like what happened with Deontay Hardy and Rashid Jaheed last year. So it gives you some opportunities there. Uh, appreciate y'all very much for being here, James. Right back at you, homie. And so when I look at where the Saints kind of wide receiver build has been, there's going to be a lot of attention over the course of the next week going towards the signing of James Washington. And I don't want to downplay the signing of James Washington. I think it's a good signing. I think he gives the Saints somebody that has a little extra in terms of uh, what he brings to the game at wide receiver. But the New Orleans Saints are loaded in their wide receiver room right now. Cy Barnett ends up being waived by the by you know today's end, but they add James Washington. You drafted A.T. Perry, brought in a couple of undrafted free agents like Malik Flowers and uh, and Shaq Davis from South Carolina State University. Shout out to the HBCUs out there. And so there's a lot of different movement going on at wide receiver. And we kind of spoke about this last week, that the Saints have not been sort of taking for granted that they're in a good place when it comes to wide receiver and knowing that injuries happen, not only in the regular season, but also, hey, OTAs, training camp, all the stuff that's on the way. So sort of having this versatile group of wide receivers, kind of like they have now this versatile group of defensive backs, is actually a really good choice and really good sense of preparation for the New Orleans Saints. Now, you'd like to see them address some other positions where they could still use a little bit of help, but we'll get to that here in a little bit. I think the big thing that I want to highlight around Malik Flowers is that the thing that separates him maybe from the rest of that wide receiver room is not only his kick return ability, but also what he's able to do as a contributor in the passing game. Caught over 50 balls during his time at Montana, came in with more than a few touchdowns as well. So he kind of grew a little bit year after year after year when it came to how he was able to contribute as a wide receiver. And one of the things that stood out during training camp when we highlighted Malik Flowers, or excuse me, rookie minicamp, so we highlighted Malik Flowers, while there was no coverage, no pass rush, all these other things that we have to keep in context when it comes to rookie minicamps, you saw him do a lot of the things that you don't often see kick return specialist wide receivers do, catching passes with his hands as opposed to taking the pass into his body and trying to catch it between his arms and his body. That's a thing that you see a lot of guys that are wide receivers, but that are mostly kick returners or punt returners do, because when you bring in that kick return, you're kind of creating that cradle, that V when you kind of bend your elbows and you're catching in between your forearms and your body. So you see a lot of kick return specialists that are playing wide receiver or playing a pass catching role on offense tend to take some of those passes into their body and try to catch with their forearms as opposed to just getting the hands out there. And you saw him do that not only in the short intermediate areas, but on the sidelines beyond the numbers down the field, we saw him cleanly bring things in with his hands. So that's really, really good thing to see from a guy who's an undrafted free agent that's a former quarterback turn wide receiver turn kick return you know specialist to the point to where when he started the season in 2022 against Montana he was only about like 80 yards away from Montana's all-time kick return yards record but teams kept kicking away from him they didn't even want to kick the ball to him now he finished with over 2600 kick return yards far and away Montana's uh, kick return yards all-time record but then also piled on two additional kick return touchdowns in 2022, which is what got him that record up to seven. So um, a guy like Malik Flowers has that explosiveness. He has that ability to be able to create in the kick return game and show you sort of the multi-positional versatility when it comes to all that. Uh, but he's not in the same mold as a guy like, and this is a great timing for DJ's question here in the chat. He asked about A.T. Perry. How does A.T. Perry differ from Malik Flowers? Malik Flowers is a six foot two, 200 pound guy that's a, you know, or really like 180, 190 pound guy 
who's a great kick returner and can contribute on special teams. A.T. Perry's probably not going to be a special teams guy for you. He's an X receiver. Like, that's what he does. And when I say X, I mean like the letter X, like the position designation of receiver. He's a weak side. Leave him out on the end by all by himself and let him get down the field and make some plays. Mickey Loomis speaking highly of him to us today when I asked him about A.T. Perry at the uh, New Orleans Saints Hall of Fame Golf Classic. We heard some good things about Malik Flowers from um, from uh, head coach Dennis Allen as well. So the two are a little bit different in that one of them is maybe this sort of like speedier, shiftier yards after catch guy, while the other is a contested catch, go up and get it type guy. The former, of course, being uh, Malik Flowers and the, and the latter being A.T. Perry. So they are a little bit different from one another, actually quite a bit different from one another in terms of what their uh, molds are and how they can contribute to an offense. But the bottom line here is don't sleep on Malik Flowers. Not only is he showing you what he can do as a returner, but he's showing you what he can do as a receiver as well. And I'm very much looking forward to seeing more of him at OTA starting up next week. We'll be there every Tuesday for those three weeks. And then, of course, training camp after the break as well. So we'll get to all that as we go through. But now I want to discuss James Washington, the New Orleans Saints, bringing him in on a visit, subsequently signing him to a one-year deal. Is he somebody that's even going to make the roster? And if so, how does he contribute to the New Orleans Saints? We got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. And today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook, your number one sportsbook in all of America. And you want to know how I know that they're number one? They've got the New Orleans Saints not only favored to win week one, but also favored to win the division when it comes to the NFC South. Yeah, everybody's got positive odds. Everybody's in a good mood. I understand. But over at FanDuel, you can get in on a little bit of that action if you would like. I think they're at like plus 125 favorites within the division, plus 1,400 to win the conference as well. Maybe that's something you want to get in on. And you can even check out over under for passing yardage for uh, for Derek Carr, 4,000 and a half is the mark. You think he's going to come out above or below that? With all of the talent that the New Orleans Saints are funneling in at pass catcher, guys like A.T. Perry getting Michael Thomas back, already having Chris Olave, Rashid Shahid, they add Foster Moreau, they bring back Juwan Johnson. Remember, he was a free agent this offseason. They brought him back. And then, of course, now you're adding all these other players like A.T. Perry and Brian Edwards, an old friend of his, and, 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 and James Washington. Maybe you like the over there. If you do, Head over to FanDuel.com slash locked on today. And actually, if you're a first-time customer, you're going to get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. This will be $1,000 you can get back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. So there you go. That's the best way to get it done is over at FanDuel today. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Want to take a look at James Washington, the former Oklahoma State wide receiver, the former Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver, the very brief stint in Dallas as well, which is a bit more injury riddled. You got a little bit of an update from a couple of different sources on that here over the course of the day. Had James Washington apparently 100% now, had a foot injury last season that kind of stymied what he was able or not able to do. Um, injuries impacted him towards the end of his tenure with Pittsburgh as well. But now he's here in New Orleans. So what's his real shot at making the roster? Uh, what is it that he brings to the team? And how is it that he contributes in a way that's different from the other receivers? We're going to get to that here in just a moment. I want to remind all you everydayers out here that we are here every single day. So appreciate you being here with us. Tomorrow's episode, the morning episode, we're going to be taking a deeper look at some of the comments that were made I've got stuff from Dennis Allen, stuff from Mickey Loomis, stuff from Cam Jordan. We got a whole bunch of stuff to go through 
uh, with some of the folks that we discussed and, and met with at the uh, Golf Classic today. So we'll have that for you in tomorrow morning's episode, and then we'll have another live show tomorrow night. Let me know who you want to hear about in terms of the undrafted free agent pool, and we'll get to that. So start piling up the chat with some of your suggestions about who you want to hear about. And don't forget to get your questions in as well, whether you're here live or watching or listening later, send them over to me so I can get those involved toward the uh, middle of the week as well. So let's discuss, um, let's discuss James Washington. So James Washington signed a one-year deal with the New Orleans Saints today on Monday. Uh, the terms of that deal are not public at the moment, but they will be public soon. My expectation is that it's a one-year vet minimum deal and that very likely uh, he comes in at the vet minimum salary benefit, which means that his cap hit is less than that which he's actually being paid, his actual cash value of his contract. So when I look at James Washington, he's entered a crowded room. And, you know, if I were to rattle off the names of all the wide receivers in the Saints wide receiver room off the top of their off the top of my head, I'm sure I would miss some. But we've talked about a bunch already. Then you add in guys like Keith Kirkwood and Kirk Merritt. And then of course you have a guy like Kawan Baker, who is at mini camps this past week. Traquan Smith, of course, is still on the roster. And then all the others that they added this offseason, Brian Edwards, we know guys like Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Rashid Shahid, you got the undrafted free agent guys, you had other guys trying out uh, at minicamp, stuff like that. So they bring in a guy like James Washington, and he enters a very, very crowded, crowded room. And when it comes to James Washington, what you want to know is what exactly it is that he can bring that separates him from the rest of the room, because that's what's going to make him valuable to the New Orleans Saints to potentially earn him a roster spot should he get that roster spot after training camp. Now, he's got to prove a whole bunch during training camp, and there's going to be a big time position battle when it comes to wide receiver for those spots. If the Saints keep six, great. But if they do what they usually do and keep five-ish, then that ends up, you know, kind of that knocks one of those guys out. And so you have to know already that Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Rashid Shahid are all guaranteed roster spots at this point. And so if you were to keep three more, it just kind of depends upon how it is that you want to build the roster. You've got Michael Thomas, who is your big bodied X receiver, weak side guy that can, you know, go up and win some of those contested catches, things like that. But he's also got a lengthy injury history. So with that, you want a backup for him. His backups in terms of that type of role, in terms of that mold, are guys like Brian Edwards, A.T. Perry, of course, and then Shaq Davis out of university, uh, out of uh, South Carolina State. Um your speed guys like Chris Olave and Rashid Shahid. Rashid Shahid a little bit more of a threat with the ball in his hands. Uh, Chris Olave a little bit more of a field stretcher. Maybe that's a place where Malik Flowers comes in as a potential backup. Kirk Merritt is in that class and a few others. Then you look at the Rashid Shahid yards after catch ability, and he's really the only one that packs that until the signing of James Washington. James Washington has a little bit more of a you know, yards after catch ability, kind of a running back with the ball in his hands kind of guy for the everydayers here who have been there for so long, um, you know, that have been here for so long and all throughout the draft process, you probably remember me talking about Penn State wide receiver, Parker Washington. And one, and no, no, I'm not making this connection just because both names are Washington. I swear I didn't even realize that until now. So please don't discredit me for that. Okay. I promise you I'm smarter than that. Uh, but the thing about Parker Washington was that you got the ball in his hands and then dude was just like trucking people. Like the thing that you really liked about Kawan Baker coming out of South Alabama when he was drafted was, okay, you can see the, the, the athleticism that's there, but he's hard to bring down. And so is a guy like James Washington. And maybe that's the thing that can set him apart from some of the other wide receivers in the room because he's going to have to do quite a bit. 
to battle out some of those other guys. I think Traquan Smith ends up being replaced by a guy like Brian Edwards or potentially a guy like even A.T. Perry, guys that can come in and, and, and contribute as run blockers, guys that can contribute as perimeter blockers. That's probably the thing that makes Traquan Smith so, like the, his, his specialty is his ability to be able to block out on the perimeter. A guy like Brian Edwards can also block out on the perimeter and has a good relationship with the quarterback, Derek Carr, that's going to work in his favor. So if a guy like Brian Edwards makes the roster to back up Michael Thomas, then maybe that's a situation where Traquan does not make the roster. So that opens up the pathway for a guy like James Washington. And so if James can show that he can be a little bit more of an impactful player with the ball in his hands and show that he might be able to add a little bit of special teams ability to his game, then all of a sudden he starts, or excuse me, slot ability to his game, my apologies. Then all of a sudden he starts to separate himself from the guys that are in that in that uh, locker room. Because you do want guys to back up other guys that are similar in role. That's where Michael Thomas, Brian Edwards, they have a little bit of overlap as being outside X receivers, A.T. Perry as well. But at the same time, you kind of want to build these guys to have specific um, kind of, ah, what's the word that I want to use here? Maybe specific qualities that set them apart, just like you have the opportunity to be able to have them back each other up. So when you look at where James Washington could be that guy, those are kind of the areas where you hope to see it. When you look at yards after catch per reception in his career, an additional four yards after catch, that's not explosive. That's not terrible, but that's also not bad either. I mean, that means uh, a six-yard reception is a first down, and that's a good spot to be. A 16-yard reception is a 20-yard explosive play. Like that's, that's the way that that ends up moving the needle for you as a team looking at, okay, what can this guy bring? So if he can come up and make some more contested catches, he's got a, in terms of his contested catch rate over the course of his career, uh, 40.7%, not amazing, not the worst, but his best season back in 2019, where he had over 700 receiving yards, came with a 56.3% contested catch rate. Over 50% is really, really good when it comes to 50-50 balls. That's where you want to be when it comes to all of that. So I think that when you look at where James Washington can separate himself, it's absolutely there on the table for him. The biggest question is, can he prove that and can he stay healthy? Really, it's the latter. That's the biggest question is, can he stay healthy? And so we'll have to see exactly what he turns into over the course of camp and what type of a performance he turns in. Uh, we'll start to probably get an idea of that during OTAs. Dennis Allen seemed to make it pretty clear that he expects a large contingent of the 90-man roster or at the current time as I'm recording this 87-man roster to be there uh, for OTAs. It'll probably be a full 90-man roster by then. Uh, but didn't really, he declined to mention any players that are confirmed to not be there. We'll figure it out that we'll be there for the first day of OTAs next Tuesday. So it'll all work out. But I mean, my goodness, like that is a real opportunity for some of these guys to be able to come in and have a positive impact to be able to help themselves and their case going into training camp is their ability to show up and produce during OTA. So it all gets started here pretty quickly. But that's the impact right now for James Washington how he factors in, how the Saints could potentially factor in, and what he has to do in order to make a roster. We shouldn't stamp a roster spot for him right now, but he does get the opportunity that he deserves over the course of these next couple of months. Coming up next, New Orleans Saints have done a lot when it comes to wide receiver and when it comes to linebacker, or excuse me, when it comes to cornerback. Well, I'll just spoil the entire segment. There you go. That's the end of the show, everybody. No, I'm just kidding. But wide receiver and cornerback, defensive back, all that. What's the position that they need to address next? linebacker makes a ton of sense. Let's talk about why and some options for how they can address that as we continue on and wrap up today's episode 
of Locked On Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it, Houdat Nation. Wrap it up today's episode of Locked On Saints with our look at where the New Orleans Saints should continue to make investments on their roster. And there's three positions that I think make a ton of sense, linebacker being kind of the headliner for me right now. They went out and they added another guy to their defensive interior, uh, Jack Heffler, who comes in from uh, formerly of the Green Bay Packers, but most recently played in the XFL with the uh, Houston Rough, uh, the Houston team. (laughs) Uh, I don't watch a lot of XFL. Sorry. I know they've got the name recognition and stuff like that, but I haven't watched a lot of it. Um, but they ended up signing him. He played in 12 games. Is it the Roughnecks? feel like I'm saying something offensive when I say that. So I was trying to like trying to be careful about it, but it is. It's the Houston Roughnecks. So when they, so that is like a big uh, 12 game, you know, season that he had with them. Came up with 25 total tackles, not solo, not combined, but, or not, uh, 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 what do you call it? Assisted, but all of those combined. But then he also had a sack and then three tackles for a loss as well. So he comes in as a guy that could potentially come in and help you out throughout camp, which I think is really what you need. I think your roster is kind of built when it comes to defensive interior, but you are going to want some of those bodies to be able to help in second, third teams, all that rough next. Thank you. I was trying to make sure that I didn't say something that I wasn't supposed to say there and I just got nervous. Sorry. But, um, but I think that like when it comes to the defensive interior, they're probably in a good spot. They could probably add one or two more players along with Prince Amelia and, and all that. But you have to imagine the guys you're carrying into the season are guys like Brian Brzee, Malcolm Roach, Nathan Shepard, and then, of course, Colin Saunders. And then that's more than enough in terms of your defensive interior. That's usually the four players that you would carry in. So as long as those four stay healthy, they're in a pretty good spot. So now that like defensive interior is in a good place, what I look at first is linebacker. I think linebacker is a spot where they need to find at least a third linebacker that can rotate in. And they could do that with a couple of different things. They could do that with some of the guys that are already in the building, DeMarco Jackson, who was the draft pick last year, who missed the entire 2022 season with an injury. He'll be back at training camp, OTAs, all that other stuff. And so that gets him in a situation where he could potentially show that he can contribute as a pass rusher. He was a disruptive downhill tackler during his time at App State. But the Saints could also go outside of the building. They can go and sign a guy like Deion Jones to play a little bit more of like a coverage role if you could get him to be okay with taking a third linebacker spot, because he's going to be behind Demario Davis and Pete Werner, that's not going to change. Those are your starters. And so if you get a guy like Deion, uh, Deion Jones and then throw him in the back there, then if he's okay with that, that's fine. But that doesn't feel like that makes a lot of sense. My guy, when it comes to free agents at linebackers, actually Miles Jack, good pass rusher, good run stopper, good strong side linebacker that's just a big, burly, tough dude that will mess you up if you cross his path (laughs) on the football field. And so I really enjoy that when it comes to what it is that he would be able to bring to this team. But maybe the Saints feel really good about some of these other guys they could potentially bring in. Let's not forget Nick Anderson, of course, and then um, Anthony Orgy, who they brought in as undrafted free agents. So linebackers are a spot where they could still use a little bit of help. I think getting a veteran defensive end still potentially makes sense for them. A guy like Yannick Ngakwe, you know, leaps off the board for me eight sacks a year throughout his career, at least eight sacks every season. That kind of feels like, all right, that's get that type of consistency opposite the consistency consistency that you get from a guy like Cam Jordan. And you're probably pretty happy about that. Uh, But they could go other directions there. I know a lot of people have talked about Frank Clark, but I think with the Saints sort of focus on culture, that Frank Clark's off the field issues, probably not something that they would want to introduce to the locker room. 
So I don't know that that's a route that they would go, but they certainly could. He certainly fits their mold in terms of size, 260, 270 plus uh, at his size. So we'll see exactly what it is that they do. And then the next piece for me is actually going to be offensive line. And maybe I'm kind of beating a dead horse at this point, and maybe offensive line isn't something they need to address any longer, but just considering the not only not only like injuries that they've dealt with year after year after year on the offensive line, but don't forget both of their starting guards, both of their starting tackles are coming back off of injury riddled 2023 seas- 2022 seasons or are coming off of a season ending injury. And even Eric McCoy, their starting center, had an injury that kept them out of game, that kept them out of games in 2022. So when I look at where the Saints can still find a benefit by investing in their offensive line or, or, or a position where they could still benefit from investment, offensive line still has to be there because not only are you talking about historic injuries over the course of the past couple of years, but some of these guys are coming back from season-ending injuries. And that's really tough when every player across your starting five that you're welcoming back in 2023 has had some injury that has caused them to miss multiple starts in multiple games. You can't just sit back and say, everything's going to be fine. They'll be healthy this year. And so you have to continue to invest. Storm Norton was the guy they invested in. They brought back guys like Calvin Throckmorton and James Hurst. That's great. They invested in Nick Saldaveri, who interestingly enough, they paid above his scheduled salary for his pick, uh, which is really, really interesting. So definitely something to watch out for there. But I still think that investing in the offensive line, just to even rotate some of those guys out and give them rest during training camp is not a bad idea based on the number just the sheer number of injuries that the New Orleans Saints have dealt with. And you know who could they go out and get? The answer is yes. Anybody that's available, they should be giving a phone call to. Uh, you know, And then they added, of course, um, the, the Roughnecks guy uh, today, who I think will be able to come in and help, you know, again, with some rotation throughout training camp. And that's just as important. I think that there are a lot of people who see signings and they write it off and they go, ah, camp body. But really, it should be more like, oh, good, a camp body, because the more that that camp body is on the field, when the starters don't have to be, the better off those starters are going to be. It's it's a thing that the opposite of that is that you get starters taking third, second, third team reps because you don't have enough roster, you know, you don't have enough, enough rostered players, and then you're putting those players at additional risk by having them take additional snaps. So it's actually good to bring in those camp bodies to avoid all of that. So I still think offensive line is worth investing in. Edge rusher is worth investing in. Linebacker, very, very much still worth investing in. The Saints currently have 87 of 90 roster spots filled after the moves today, including the the waving of guys like Cy Barnett, as well as Vincent Gray. Then they bring in a couple of new guys as well. They brought in um, Ellis Merriweather, the young running back who is here for a tryout. So there's a lot of different places where these guys are going to be able to get opportunities for sure. But for the Saints and the way that they've sort of been building out their roster here over the course of this offseason, they're not taking anything for granted. And I wouldn't take anything on the offensive line, defensive line, or linebacker for granted in the meanwhile. So that's the way that I see it for the New Orleans Saints. Let me know what positions you think they should invest in. And don't forget to get me your questions for later on this week. Starting on Wednesday, I'll be answering those. Tomorrow morning's episode, remember two episodes tomorrow, tomorrow morning, we're going to be taking a look at uh, all of the kind of quotes and stuff from the uh, Hall of Fame uh, golf uh, classic, including updates on Foster Moreau and Michael Thomas and where the Saints, you know, how the Saints feel about their their draft picks, all these other things. We've got all that, as well as how Cam Jordan feels about the draft picks. We've got some fun stuff from him and our conversation with him. So there's a ton of stuff 
That's going to be on the way in tomorrow morning's episode. Tomorrow evening, we'll do another live show, breaking down another undrafted prospect. I'm thinking Nick Anderson, but I want to hear your thoughts. Let me know you want to hear more about Nick Anderson or not, or if you want to hear more about somebody else on the roster, then we'll break all that down. Just make sure they're a rookie and a new face, because that's what we're having fun with right now. Go ahead and get your questions in for the remaining shows throughout the week as well. Appreciate you as always, y'all. Those of you who are here live, salute. Those of you who are here later, salute. I appreciate you being an everydayer and for checking out the show. And of course, as always, for making me a part of your day, a part of your routine. Uh, and as always, I appreciate you so much for making, uh, for saying yes to me and the show. As always, please, if you see me, say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Learn how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.